Welcome to Behind the Score Line. Today is we have approximately 14 hours before the tip off of the 2022-2023 NBA season. To tell you the truth, I'm really excited, but also I've seen quite a lot in preseason and there's a lot to talk about. Approximately five months ago in May, during the NBA Finals, I was discussing the New Orleans Pelicans, the progress that I saw, and just how impressed I was with Willie Green as a coach. Five months later, Zion Williamson has signed a max contract, and they have signed or extended CJ McCollum's contract. It's a different NBA season than the previous one, mainly because Ben Simmons returned, Kawhi Leonard returned, John Wall returned. Who else returned? I don't know. I'll think of them as we speak. So in this episode, I just want to... Damian Lillard returned as well. So just, I mean, this is as unorganized as I can be. Um, I don't really have notes or anything. I'm just going to speak from the top of my head. What I want to talk about is expectations and reality and the flows and ebbs of an NBA season. So much happens during a season. Sometimes you feel like nothing happens. It's just we're waiting for the postseason. Uh, This season, there's no COVID mandate for Kyrie Irving to abide by. Um, The world is pretty much back to normal as it is, and he's in his 12th season. In preseason, we saw Victor Wimbenyama from France and Scoot Henderson as well. We have Paolo Banquero, Jabari Smith Jr. and Chad Holmgren as the top three picks in this year's draft. There's also Keegan Murray. A lot has happened, but at the same time, it feels like it's just it was just a normal off-season for me. Um, but one thing I'm excited about is how we are all excited for the season to begin just to see how things change. Jamal Murray returned. I told you, I'll just keep spring names as I speak. <laughs> um, so you look at the East, you look at the West, it's stacked. The competition is stacked. Um, but then again, you have to understand, even within the competition, like the stackedness, if that's a word, of, of, of the respective conferences, there's still a, there's still teams that are head and shoulders above the rest. We know Golden State Warriors are going to the playoffs and we know they, they're going to be a vicious competitor as things stand. They just locked up Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. I don't want to discuss the controversy that surrounded Raymond Green with the whole physical altercation with Jordan Poole. But I think that can either make or break their season, but also I don't want to sound like those you know, the seasoned analyst at ESPN and all these other institutions who are just, I don't know, I feel like they most of the time they're just baiting for a story. So I don't want to say 
it can make or break because I mean a lot can happen in a season. I mean January there could be trades up and down. Like some trades could surprise us. So with the NBA season, you just want to see which teams are going to come out hot, which players have developed to have improved, which players um, are going to definitely make a case for themselves being put in the upper echelon of the spot. Because um, lists, lists keep being put out there every preseason and then things happen that disprove or prove the list. Um, I'm not so much into a list making who's going to be this, who's going to be the MVP. I don't know. I Like, I don't know. Because people always select MVPs, right? Um, but then again, someone comes and just becomes an MVP. Like, obviously we knew Nikola Jokic was going to be MVP. But if I were to ask you at the beginning of the season, people are going to say, there's no Mari, there's no MPJ. Obviously, that gives uh, Nikola Jokic more load. So people are like, ah, I don't think his numbers will look good if there is uh, if there is more load on him, both on offense and defense. And then Steph Curry came out very, very hard. And then he was the favorite for MVP. And then after breaking the record, he hit a very bad form. And then there's always Giannis, and then there's Joel Embiid, and then there's LeBron James for like uh, two, three weeks, and then there's KD, obviously it's going to be KD all the time. So, I, I, I don't think, I think we should just chill, like let's just chill, because as far as MVPs are concerned, MVP, it's difficult to predict. Because people have been saying, look at look at Doncic will be the MVP. He has more help and whatnot. But sometimes the MVP just becomes someone you don't... I mean, someone you know is a really good player, but you don't expect them to actually be the MVP. You understand? So I think I'll just say there are the usual suspects, but let's just chill on saying this specific player is my pick for the MVP. I just think that's, that's nonsensical. Um... And then again, there's the DPOY. Uh, I don't know what to think about the DPOY award. Um, but I think the only, or maybe one of the few things we can legitimately predict or try to predict are the standings. Let's say we, we use the rosters and say, okay, these teams should make the playoffs. And of these teams, I think these ones will be in the top four. You know, I think that's, that's fair to do because we know the rosters and you can make a fair prediction based on those rosters, provided they're not injured, of course, because with the MVP players can still not be injured, but not perform at an MVP level. Yeah. But then I'm not going to do that now or even ever. The old thing of predicting. But like which team will going to be first seed, second seed, third seed, fourth seed, and whatnot. But then again, there are so many interesting players and teams that are that were assembled in the off season. I mean, I'm excited to see how Dejounte Murray and Trey Young link up, especially with John Collins and Capella up front for the lob threats. But also, we know that Dejounte is a stud on both ends of the floor and then trace shooting. I think it will improve, especially catch and shoot from three. It will improve. 
less offensive burden for him. But for, for Atlanta, you have a feeling that obviously they want to qualify to, to, to like make the playoffs. But beyond the playoffs, they want to go somewhere. And they think Dejounte is that guy who takes them somewhere. Somewhere being maybe Eastern Conference Finals. I don't know. I don't know at this point. Um, there's also Donovan Mitchell and the, the Cavs, Darius Garland, Allen, um, Allen, and who's that guy? Uh, Mobley. Like, I don't think they, 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 they are quite there yet, uh, Cleveland, but I know that defense will be sick because that defense will always be sick if they have Jared Allen and, uh, even Mobley. It'll always be sick. That's just how it is. They're the Twin Towers, both of whom are elite blockers and rim protectors. So, obviously, the defense will be elite. Um, and then you look at a team like Miami Heat. I don't know what's happening with Miami Heat. Um, it's difficult to predict. But the thing about Miami is that even though they won't, they won't be the favorites. Last year they were not the favorites. This year they're still not the favorites. They were the one seed, and they have started in the the like Miami is just an all around good, well coached basketball team, which will always surprise you. So it's difficult to predict what Miami Heat are going to do this season, how well they're going to do, which seed they're going to get. It's difficult. It's difficult. And then you have Toronto Raptors. Oh, Lord. That is a... I call that team the experimental team, man. That team experiments. It's like... It it doesn't conform, mainly because of Nick Ness and how he is. He doesn't conform. He got this other guy, he was 35. He's so good. I saw him in preseason. I was really... I thought at first he was Chris Boucher, but then I and I, I quickly realized Boucher, I think, was 25, not 35. The new guy is tall, lanky, and he's a slasher at the rim. I just saw a few highlights, and, I mean, it got me excited, to be honest. And it's difficult to get me excited, especially off highlights. So, yeah, that's that. Uh, the, the Raptors, we don't know where they're going to land. But then you have a feeling that Siakam and Fred Van Fleet, like, both of them, or maybe one of them, want to take a leap. And there's also OG Anobi, who is bound for a leap, I think, in my opinion. Either defensively or offensively, but he, he I think it's about time he starts realizing how good he can actually be. You know, when he uses his physicality and the gifts that he has on defense, he can be a really devastating player. Like, a really, really devastating player. Um, I don't know who else is there. Uh, I don't know, I talk about Joel Embiid, James Harden. I just want their play to play for them. Like, they are, the way they play, to speak on their behalf. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, sometimes it's really as simple as that. And then there's the good old Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I watched uh, three preseason games. Wasn't impressed with the defense. Especially team defense. I mean, there were, there were stretches or maybe possessions where Kyrie was there fighting for the ball, KD was there fighting for the ball, but generally, they don't look like a team that has been coached on the defensive end. 
and I don't know what to make of that. But there, there's so much potential for the offense because of Ben and how he plays. And I like his overall demeanor. I guess he exuded what I would call positivity. So I think that would work. The, the, that will work out well for them in future. That he's touching on a high note. He's enthusiastic. He's positive. So yeah, that's that. And less ISO ball for the Brooklyn Nets means every player gets to eat. And in a right way, I saw that. I mean, so some positions that make me really happy. But the thing with Brooklyn Nets is that when they are under pressure, are they still going to play that brand of basketball? I don't know yet. Because there were times last season where they would pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball. And then they were in, they were under pressure and then they just went ISO, 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 ISO. And they lose. So... I'm really excited, but I won't lie. Even even now, I still say Steve Nash should be fired. I don't. He's yes, he progresses, but he's far from what he needs to be in order for Brooklyn to be a real contender. He's very far from it, from, in my perspective. So uh, yeah, they need to get a proper coach. Uh, I would even suggest getting back Kenny Atkinson, but. I don't want to get into this whole thing of this coach is better than this coach. Nah, that's not my 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 field of I don't know speech or topic. That's not a topic I want to entertain. But I am I strongly, as someone who watches Brooklyn so much, I strongly believe they need a a new coach. And Nicholas Claxton seems to be improving, so that's nice. They got size back in. I saw these other highlights of Ben and and Joe Harris. I think they were defending through Holiday, and they, they were like they you could see the size. It was really really good. And they also got Royce and Nila. Always rated him as a defender. Really rated him in in, in Utah. So I'm, I'm glad about that. Uh, they have to wait for the return of TJ Warren. Oof, that's going to be interesting to see. But generally, Brooklyn is an interesting place. I hope they can build. I hope they can, you know, maximize the potential they have as a team. As a team. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't think I covered all the teams. I didn't cover the Brooklyn, uh, the, the Boston Celtics, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that's that's run about eight as far as teams that are going to compete are concerned. But there's always a next time, man. There's always a next time. I pretty much didn't say anything much in this episode that would be called to knowledge. It's just me just refreshing, using, like just talking, uh, refreshing my mind or brain, but using this and just talking it out, you know, thinking out loud as they might call it. So... Everything's just, it's pretty much still in the air, and I'm happy about that. And tomorrow morning, I will watch Anthony Davis, hopefully, and as he plays the Golden State Warriors. I want to see. I want to see what Anthony Davis can do. We know what he can do, right? But I want to see, because I didn't, I wasn't convinced with what the Lakers were trying to do in the preseason. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm. Loki excited to see what what the Lakers are trying to achieve, but their roster looks very bad. Their roster looks very bad. And most people say it's because of Russell Westbrook, uh, but I don't think one player can have, especially Russ, can have such an influence on the other members, just how 
underwhelming the rest of the roster is apart from maybe LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook but yeah man um the Westbrook for Buddy Hield and Miles Turner rumors have been circulating but they don't seem to materialize so I think we can just go into the new season with the expectations that Russ will play with LeBron and AD and that's it I think we can go into the season with those expectations. And yeah, other than that, um, we'll talk about the Wembenyama sweepstakes later. Um, I think we have a year of just watching and waiting and soon we'll see what happens. But yeah, thank you so much for joining this episode. Um, I understand this was just an episode of just me talking without notes, without directions, just same things as they sprang to the top of my head. And mostly I covered the Eastern Conference. I just said something about every team that I think will be a contender or might make the playoffs. So yeah, stay tuned. Cheers.